Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. What is the deal, Panther fans? Welcome back to another edition of the C3 Panthers podcast, the longest running Panthers podcast on the intranet. My name's Tony Dunn. They call me the professor. It's Tuesday night, 9 p.m., and we're live talking the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective and even in the doldrums of the season. No matter what, each and every Tuesday, we're going to chop it up. We like this team more than the damn owner likes this team. We like this team more than the coach likes this team. And, man, sometimes that like is tough. It's hard. But I would say my fandom is elite. Welcome back, Cody Lashney. We got a great show tonight is Panthers Confidential is Elite. We're going to be talking about uh, Panthers Confidential, which is like the only thing to talk about. We got some other things. What else are we going to talk about? Oh, man, we're going to have a good show. You know us. We always find something Mm -hmm. to pull out of our hats at the last minute. And, yeah, hey, how dare anyone question our fandom? Look at the podcasting that we've had to do through these past few seasons. Let no man question our love for the Carolina Panthers, let alone the incredible people we have in the chat room, Tony Dunn. You know them and love them. It's our man Drew, D'Angelo, the legend, Joey the Blind, Panther Esquivel, Lynn Leon Hart, Marcus 78, Matt Knows Nothing, Off Grid, Panther Pickle, Pipe Slinger, Sideshow Rob, Tim Estes, Trill One, Zach 3336, 10 Tizzy, Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. That is my co-host, Cody Lashney, my wheel man. And tonight we've gonna we're gonna be talking about Panthers Confidential, and it is elite, elite. Um, probably uh, maybe talk a little Robbie Anderson, but we've yeah. got we want to hear some things like this is we got some good debates for you. Best and worst division in football. Top five quarterbacks in football. Um, and uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll do something like worst, f- like food takes you get roasted over. CK, welcome back to the show. I hope you're recharged feeling good. Oh, you know, uh, that's all relative. Uh, <laughs> but, True that. You know, True it's, uh, that. It's, As someone it who is... ran in this door and ran up to the stairs to get in the show. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, uh, it is what it is, man. It's, uh, it's, a, 
it's the life that we live and i think you're you know all full of ups and downs and and you know mentally you know emotionally physically all that stuff so uh, just trying to weird. get things in order and and make uh make this life worth living you know for my son and for myself and for my wife amen so, yeah. uh and you Cheers. doing that you doing that is look every day above ground is a good day yep. um and amen i hate to you know it's like it's kind of human to complain yeah you know is yeah. that um but generally is this is the things that i complain about like in life are good problems to have you know is that it's just the right. the the rigors of life um can get to you at times or at least they do to me and good lord i got three kids wife's out of town um i was here and just a side thing on this is uh so i went my wife's out of town i got i'm at work today my little girl she's like come pick me up some school she like it was like i have a cough some kid told her to be quiet cough she got her feelings or anyway i had to go i went and got her from school but they have this important dance recital this weekend so I was like, you got to go home and get some rest, right? Like, I'm going to get you rested, get a little medicine in you. You're fine. I mean, nothing's really wrong. She had a long weekend playing at the pool and stuff. She was more tired than anything. Yeah. So I got that comes up at work. I had my evaluation today. I had to run back to work. And my wife's out of town right now. And um, so I was like, uh, take the girls to this dance practice. They're one of the last ones before the recital this weekend. I'm like, going to the gym still. Like, I'm going to do it. Go to the gym. It's hot, all this go around. And finally, and so I'm like, go. I'm gonna go to the grocery store next. I'm chilling. And my and I didn't want to go all the way home before I had to pick up the girls, like in 30 right. minutes, you know. And then you have to just go back and forth. One of the little girls calls up. She's like, Dad, I left my shoes, my hip hop shoes. I'm like, Baby, I'm not at home. And then when your little baby girl does this to you, she goes, Can you please do your best? I was like, all right, I'm going to drive 100 miles an hour around Greenville to get you these damn shoes. So, look, these are good stresses to have. Hug your children, folks, in the wake of all the problems last week. I was unaware of how bad it was. You guys were the one. Little Noah was the one that told me about all that. I was struggling all week after. I was, like, in tears all week. Yeah, man, I think, you know, going off of what uh, CK said, too, you know, everybody goes through – all kinds of different things. But I think, you know, especially when you look at news in the world, it, it kind of puts things into perspective. You know, a lot of people in certain moments have it a lot worse than you do. So, yeah. you know, it's yeah. always good. You know, hey, hey, I always say, don't let Thanksgiving be the only time of year that you choose to be thankful, okay? Amen. Sometimes sometimes you need to do that right before June hits you. So, amen to that. I had a great weekend myself. I was with family got to see my nieces hang out eat some really good food so i'm amped up i'm energized i'm ready for the ready to do this show with y'all boys perfecto the number is 252-228-5098 that's 252-228-5098 you can be a part of the c3 panthers podcast jump into the chat room we appreciate all of y'all in there smash the thumbs up button subscribe we're on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. The best way you can help this show grow or help us is to continue. Look, we've been doing this for ooh, 12 years now, whatever it is. It's a long time. It's our, no, t- 10 years, 2013. Yeah, so we're heading into season 10. We're in season 10. Uh, man, you guys can keep fueling me along. Look, is I need energy more than your money, more than your donations. Those are appreciated too sometimes, but energy. 
and that's your conversation on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Uh, in the Discord chat and in the chat room, leave a review, have fun with us, tell us how much you love the Carolina Panthers uh, and how, I don't know, what we need to do to get better as we go forward. All right, let's start off the show. Panthers Confidential in the house. The Carolina Panthers release a uh, kind of like a edit, like a little TV menagerie thing. Um, last year, there were several episodes. I'll be interested to see if they do more than, you know, three this year. It's not as much content. They did right. all the draft picks in one go uh, This in this first episode. Uh, Panthers Confidential is out. What do you guys think about it? Um, it's, uh, it's an interesting thought. I mean, it's an interesting, uh, way that they did it. Um, I felt like it, if I'm being honest, I felt like they, they spent so much time on Icky. Like I just felt like the rest of the, like, I, I think a lot of us were more interested in the, uh, in like the Matt Corral and how that came to be. And it just like, it was like, what was it normally? It was like a 25 minute thing or something like yeah. that. And like, they spent like 17 minutes on it, like, on like just the icky part of it. And then it was Matt Corral was like three minutes. And I just felt like if was, even that, right. Yeah. Actually, I didn't even think of it like that until you said it is Matt yeah. Corral was like just a little bit in there. Right. You know, even when he met with the coach, like, yeah, it's like, it's a, hey, what's up coach. He walks in there, right. With his book bag, he sits the book bag down and says, mm-hmm. what's up coach. And they're like, uh, blah, blah, blah. you know, they say something, you know, things he's like, and then they have this one like kind of momentary interview with them. And they say, when we say litter, uh, he said something like we are good characteristics. And he said leadership. And then Matt rules. Yeah. says, Well, what do you mean by leadership? And then I felt like poor little Matt Corral didn't have really even a great answer for it. I mean, it was just like, well, servant leader at the end. One uh, of the guys on uh, on our Friday free for all. So we, we reacted to it on the Friday show. We got to show a little bit of it. I got some clips I'll play here in a second too, but um, he made a good point and I wanted to kind of pass this on to you guys. He's like, does a leader constantly have to say that he's a leader all the time? Or is that something that you basically kind of have to show through your actions? Now, I kind of defended Matt Corral and saying, one, he's meeting with thirty-one or thirty-two different football teams yeah. during during the combine. You're getting all these different questions. You're not really given a long time to really meet with them. You know, how long do you have? You know, how many words do you need to really relay the kind of person and player that you are? You know, and I I kind of felt like it, it's almost hard to sound good in those conversations because everything is so formulaic and you know, Oh, this is how you talk. And this is how you show that you know what you're talking about and all these different things. It's almost kind of disingenuous in its nature. you know. Right. Like, how are you going to have a great answer? I thought, look at this comment by Lynn right here. This is Lynn. Leonhardt says, could this could be done on purpose? Don't want to rock the boat with Sam this early let Sam believe he has a chance or I mean really Sam does have a chance I think I mean it's not even let him have a chance but right is one maybe not put too much pressure on the young gun make him too much of a focal point maybe it makes it too much you know you don't want to dramatize dram- dram- dramatize dramatize 
the per, the pick so much. I mean, uh, kind of the great part about the pick is that it's kind of a low stakes, high reward opportunity for the Carolina Panthers, and them putting too much emphasis on it could be problematic. Going back to what you said, Cody, is I agree. It's like, I mean, like, hey, really, are you going to have an answer that's going to win? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's going to be like, oh, my God. Um, But even though everything is formulaic, is like I almost felt like he didn't know what to say either. Like, he was like, uh, yeah. I'm a leadership. And I was like, well, I mean, if you're going to say these are my two things that I love and you know that's what you're going to say in the job interview, he's young. He's young. You know what I'm saying? He's a kid. Yeah. And the servant sure. leader was kind of where you need to go, which is like a show through like – I work. I'm a team guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, really? I mean, so I'm not going to tell the kid what to say, but it was a small, you just, I don't know. He's a baby. That's why I want y'all to be very cautious and being a little too with Matt Corral, not because he can't be great and can't be good and won't be good, but he is. And one of the problems I think with Sam Darnold, not Sam, no, maybe the challenge is just how, how young they are. I could, you know, I mean, I'm like, imagine I couldn't even barely live outside of my parents' home when I was that age. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, our usually the shower in the house that I first moved out when we lived with three dudes was like the nastiest god, you know what I mean? Like, it was we were barely adults, we were barbarians. And so, everybody ages at different, they mature at different times, you know, some guys are more mature than others at younger ages and and yeah you're right tony like look it's gonna be hard to tell this fan base to get excited for sam darnold and right now the only other alternative to sam darnold is matt corral so uh, i hear what you're saying there's definitely going to be a fan fervor to see this player get some yeah, action you don't want to overdo it yeah for sure and it, you know it's going to be exciting to see what they do um in training camp with them and how mm-hmm. fast it comes along um, and, and I'll go more. I have uh, the phone call between uh, James Camp and, or no, rather Ben McAdoo uh, making the phone call on draft night to Matt Corral. But I like uh, this is my favorite part. Ben McAdoo might be my favorite coach on this team already. So I'm going to show that too. But I also like this uh, this clip that I'm going to show that I thought was really cool first of Akimit Kwanu speaking to. Steve Wilkes, uh, uh, Steve Wilkes, after being drafted by the Panthers, I thought this was really cool. Draw you a facial expression last night when you were walking to the stage. It was almost like how I felt like I started here at Johnson C. Smith. Always been a Panthers fan, you know, always talking about, man, I can't wait to the day that I coach over there. And then full circle come back in 12 when I walk out on the field. It's just like they did, you know what I'm saying? Surreal, that's exactly how it felt. So I know you feel the same way. I saw it on your face last night. Same exact way. And I love that because it brought home, you know, one, the connection between him and Steve Wilkes being from this area. But just to drive that home again, too, that, Akima Kwanu is a Charlotte native. This is his hometown team. This is the team that he's a fan of. Like, he's been a fan of this team, man. And, you know, I, I love that. I think this is one of the more feel-good picks that we've had in the first round in a long time, putting things in perspective. Um, I think no matter where he plays, be it left tackle or left guard, which I think is going to be left tackle, Matt Rule pretty much confirmed at this point. But I, I feel like our offensive line 
is going to be so much better just for having this man on on the football field. Like having him on the offensive line is going to make everything so much better for us this year. I genuinely believe that. I'm just as confident about Akema Kwanu as I was about J.C. Horn yep. before the start of last year. And look what that man was able to do, albeit in a very short sample size. You know, but I just I, – I love the pick, and I think, um, you know, uh, Akema Kwanu is – Kind of pay dividends on the team for a long time, especially how bad we've been needing to draft that position for such a long time. Tony, how long have we been pounding the table to build the wall? And that's what okay. finally what we've done. I'm going to tell you this first. Uh, hey, son. Uh, my son, uh, White Chocolate Espresso, was in the house. Dad, dad loves oh. you. Um, Panther Pickle, the Roar to Four shirt is actually uh, the reason it's such a uh, cheap thing in the in the sale thing is because it's a it's an error. And when I say an error, like uh, you remember those old you guys, I used to collect baseball cards, and every now and then they used to have error baseball cards, like there was something jacked up in the card, and having an error card right. was worth more. So we printed that Roar to Four. We had won three NFC championships in a row. Uh, 2013, 14, 15. And then going into 2016, I was like, we're going to go balls out and print this shirt before it happens. So it's an error shirt. You can buy an error card. The Roar to Four is a great shirt. It just never happened, sadly. There are some cool things in the T-shirt shop still. I stand with Cam. Uh, the, C- uh, the Carolina Cat Chronicles shirt. Uh, we got some cool stuff in there. Uh, there is a C3 Pete after the year that we won. And by the way, the designer for like 88%, 99% of these shirts, it's my friend Len Leahart in the chat. Thank you very much for That's right. That's all of right. her generosity in the past. Shout out, Len. Um, going back, refresh me just because I got off track. Well, yeah, uh, we were talking oh, about icky, that. Icky, icky, icky. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes in the past, uh, or in some cases, staying close to home can be problematic for stars. Right, right is yeah. like being so. There's a there's a kid, CJ Hernandez, CJ Johnson, CJ Wilson. I always get his last name, CJ Johnson. Uh, he's a wide receiver for East Carolina University, star wide out from the high school that I went to, which is literally half a mile from my house right now. And he's had, you know, it's like a lot. There's been some issues with him going out and partying a lot, seen, being seen at the bars and things. And not that that's in itself problematic. He did get suspended from the team recently for being a knucklehead. But some people have said, stay, you know, like being around your friends can be too much. When I listen yeah. to Akim Aquanu, like I feel like he's more mature than I am. Yeah, you know, so like yeah, I don't really, I don't, I don't have that issue. I don't have that worry at all. He seems so well spoken, so intelligent, and so thoughtful. Um, that that's a uh, important to me. I do have. I need y'all. I need my son, uh, white chocolate espresso to school me on what the kids talk about this these days. I am embarrassed to say this. I have not admitted it yet. I don't understand the reference 70490. I get the 704. What's the back end? What's the uh-huh. 908 or what is the remember when oh, Matt 704, not, yeah, 980. That's another Charlotte area code. 980. Basically, when, you're, 
when you get a new phone number, most times you can pick between a 704 number or a 980 number. Okay, so did they not know what area code he was in? Like, what's, I mean, everybody thinks that that's the coolest thing. 704-980, like Matt Rule was so hip. I mean, yeah, okay. that's, uh, he's basically just shouting out. He's that just saying, I know the area codes. Okay. Yeah, just saying. Like, I mean, yeah, like, which saying, one is hey, Matthews? I mean, know where I live at. Know where I live at. <laughs> let me, let me yeah. ask you this. Do you guys, do you believe, so with, if there's anything from Panthers Confidential that they really wanted to get across, is the two top people on their board they got like or yeah. the you know which is do you guys take any um do you believe that to be true do you believe matt corral was their guy from the start or do you believe that that's just a a bit of a a way to build up a narrative for a guy that maybe that were like, they weren't as high on, but they were kind of forced into it because it was so like ever there was a run on quarterbacks. Do you believe like, I think the icky thing, a hundred percent, you could see yeah, the excitement. Like, I think you could see the excitement in their eyes when they saw that the, the board felt exactly the way they wanted it to, that they thought was not a shot, but the, the, the Matt Corral one felt almost forced. I don't know what you guys feel like. Hmm. Well, it's an it, excellent it, conspiracy theory question. So we know at one point in time, they had offers to move up earlier than they did. They right. had received offers and Matt rule even gives Scott federal credit and says, you've been killing it. Uh, and and, the he, worst decided part to, of the fucking and, and he decided to stay and go back further. So then he's like, okay, well, if you take a quarterback, which quarterback do you like? And then he names Matt Corral. And then he says, he starts naming off all the different people that liked Matt Corral in the in the building. And he mentions um, this man that you're about to see right here. None other than everyone's seemingly brand new favorite coach for the Carolina Panthers. None other than Ben McIntyre himself. Hey, man, how we doing? What up, Coach McAdoo? You doing good? Yeah, I'm doing great. You got a little chip on Better your shoulder for sitting, for sitting there all day? Let me tell <laughs> Much you bigger something. now, I promise you that. Let me tell you something. You hit the lotto here, man. I loved you from the beginning. All right? We're going we're gonna to get you in here. We're going to get you spinning it. You're going to have a lot of fun in the process. I'm excited. Okay, we'll see you, man. See you. Hey, man. How- I love this dude. I, not only do I love Matt Corral, but I love Ben McAdoo. I and do. you know what, Tony? I really have a feeling. Like, there is a fracture in the front office about Baker Mayfield as well. And I feel like if there's anyone leading the charge against a Baker Mayfield, <laughs> it's Ben McAdoo, man. Yeah. yeah, I love this dude. I feel like he's going to bat for the players that we wanted in, in the draft. Um, I feel like Matt Corral was really a lot to do with Ben McAdoo being so high on him. Um, also, Sean Ryan is shown... Uh, in the Panthers confidential clip talking about how much he likes uh, uh, Matt Corral and his throwing motion and his footwork. And they, you know, I really do think that they liked Matt Corral and CK to answer your question more directly, all sources that we've seen thus far seem to indicate that the Panthers really did like Matt Corral. And that's pretty much it. They, They were not as high on, on both Kenny Pickett 
and Malik Willis that that we were led to believe. Now, all right, all right. This okay, is where right, I think CK is on to something, though. Okay. And not to not I'm not disputing their take that they thought Matt correct like that McAdoo like Corral. I'm not. We saw um, we saw uh, Matt Rule say um, out of all the guys on tape, this is the one. So I mean, yes, it does seem like they lean to that, but they didn't have any like outtakes or cuts about a quarterback conversation just in general. And when Kenny Pickett goes 20 to the Steelers, that would have been a great time for them to cut to what the Panthers war room was thinking. Right. Like if there was like a, like if there were conversations. Yeah. Yeah. As Malik and these guys are falling into the third and surprised. Look, they spent a minute and a half on this dumb crap of them writing the names in the order where it was like, oh, like uh, Matt Rule, they, like Matt Rule and uh, Scott Fitter walk in and do like a skit of like uh, what they're going like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen on draft day. And it was like all like ridiculous and dumb. I mean, I'm not. I mean, that's fine. Like it was entertaining. But you're not trying to tell me you didn't have any conversation at all in rounds two and three about what Pickett did, what Ritter going to the Falcons meant. What you know what I'm saying? Like, and they're like, nope, we just love Corral. And about- I'm not saying they don't like Corral, but I think CK is right. They have sugarcoated this. Well, it just it felt like a really big buildup for Icky, which it makes sense. He's the number six overall, right? Um, that part, it was their first round pick. I think you're gonna want people to be like more excited and like see that they really wanted this guy. It just like I said, throughout the whole thing, it just felt like it was just like a um, a pebble in the pond for Matt Corral. Now, I did want to say one thing, and I don't know if this is abnormal or not, but it feels abnormal for some reason. Like, every one of our draft picks were at that 30, top 10, or top 30, you know, visits, right, in that in yeah. that room. And I don't know if that's, that's normal. That's how it goes every year. Right? But, like, what I mean is, like, how often is it that you get every guy that, you know, it like, you you've brought in everybody and it you get at least one of every of those top 30 visits that you had like so, it, Cade Mage was there Brandon Smith was there I mean it was just it seemed like a, a every person that we drafted was in that in that uh top 30 visit I don't know if that's abnormal but it does feel like that should be odds stacked against that it felt like well I know a few of those interviews were at the combine like I know Cade Mays when it showed him that was at the combine. Oh, uh, was it? And you're, and, and, yeah, and you're going to be a lot more people at the combine than you do in your top thirty in your thirty visits. Um, one of the things I will note, and I wanted to ask if y'all thought this was like kind of peculiar. Did y'all see that part where it's like they brought everyone in on the same day? Like they that had was, yeah, that, that was crazy. It was like, oh, yeah, dude, they had walk arounds while we. I feel like uh, that's probably everybody though. They I'm, had Matt Corral. Uh, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, they had all those dudes there at, at that, like, in one day. And I, I thought normally you would have one guy per day to kind of use that day right. to get to know them and really get an in-depth interview. That kind of felt like it was like, okay, now we have a meeting with you, hustle him out the door, get the next person in. 
and it just seemed kind of we impersonal. said this but we we said this when the meetings got released and they were bringing in Pickett and corral on the same day or whatever and i said it was like scooting the girl out the front the back door while you're bringing right. in the next day <laughs> like bringing well, the next girl you're going on the date with at the same time like don't i hope you don't see each other my thought with that though is that like i think it's gotta be literally impossible to schedule each one of those guys because they're also right. going to have visits with other teams and trying to get that to match up with every like i just i think that so what what makes me think or what i believe is that each team's top 30 visit is on a separate day so like the Panthers was that day, the next day it might have been the Titans, right? Mm, that and might so, be a good that might be yeah. That's a yeah. good point. It does seem ridiculous though that they're all there in the room. It's like a freshman right. seminar. Right. Yeah, no, I, 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 I like yeah. it's like orientation. Well, it just it just reminded you of a of a team meeting. But I like I said, I think that's right. It saves time. I mean, I think we see it in the in the chat. Adam Sanders is right. I mean, I think it's like imagine having to do that same speech 30 individual times. I think that would be a bit, you would lose the, uh, the appeal. It would almost sound robotic after about the 10th time. Don't worry. Matt rule has given that same speech 30 times. Yeah. He gives the, the same way, speech. In fact. Um, all right. So two things that stuck out to me on Panthers confidential. Number one, Icky has more Panther jerseys than I do. Yeah. He was like, I got Thomas. <laughs> he went down this list. I was like, damn. And his parents, obviously. And I do think I remember like his parents like having like some balling ass jobs and being super smart. But I was like, God, I was at that NFC championship, but I won't sit in anywhere that close to the field. Mm -hmm. I was sitting way, way up there. And my man had all these jerseys. I was like, jelly. I was like, God, you got all these good jerseys, all these good jerseys and these great seats. So that's one thing that stuck out to me. The other thing that stuck out to me is right after I'm trying my best to give Matt Rule the cleanest of clean slates. You know, I am trying so hard to just be positive mm -hmm. about this dude. He goes and is like, hey, Scott. I just want to say you're doing an elite job here. Like this moment when they're talking about the trade and he's like, I just want to say this. We've been, we, we missed two trades that we would have won on, but you're being patient. And that is elite. You're elite. You're elite. <laughs> it was just like, God, I felt like he was trying to, well, he knows that Scott Fitterer has I'm his job in his hand it. now. <laughs> like Scott it's Fitterer true. could just be like, um, yeah, we're firing you. <laughs> God, just you know, that is a, that is ball, a really man. good point too like knowing that you're on the hot seat it's, it's his third year you, you know maybe it probably does benefit him in some ways to kind of cozy up to Fitterer if you get Fitterer to believe in the vision that you're building together right and because listen whether we like it or not according to what everything according to everything that we hear Matt Rule and Scott Fitterer work very closely with one another on a lot of different things. They yep. work in tandem. One is the cook, one is the sous, one's the chef, one's the sous chef, one's the yeah. right, grill worker, one's, one's the line the, order cook. Yeah, the house manager, like all that stuff. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think that there is some of that, what CK is saying now, kind of buttering up to him a little bit. But he says at the same time, Tony, that's what he does. That's what he does. 
salesman pointed this out to my boy uh, at salesman. Pretty sure that's the Twitter off the top of my head. He's awesome. Big Panthers fan. But he pointed this out is like Matt Rule says has like five years of PowerPoints built up and says elite uh, every other word. <laughs> and I had already been thinking about this stupid elite thing, but I saw it. I was like, man, we are on the same page. I mean, that elite crap all the time. And one more cornball moment before, you know what? Um, actually, let's shame the crowd before I shame Matt Rule one more time. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's that time. We've uh, we've got all these people in the chat room who love the Carolina Panthers, um, and they love Carolina Panther content. But they come to this specific YouTube page for this specific content because, boy, they're a bunch of freaks, and they love to be shamed by the voice didn't mix them moist. CK, talk to these freaks, Big Papa. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You have joined in to one of the most entertaining and pointless conversations about the Carolina Panthers in recent history. There is nothing going on, but you continue to watch 104 people in the lobby right now, if you want to call it a lobby, whatever you want to call it, the chat, whatever. But only right now, what, 48 likes? That's blasphemy. 49. I want to see. I want to see 60 before I move on from this. I want to see us get to 60. But anyway, I have one thing to say to all of you absolute freaks. Subscriber shame. Subscriber shame. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell when there's nothing to be talking about. On a Tuesday night, your boy Tony, your boy CK, and your boy Cody are going to be here. We'll be your constant talking about these Carolina Panthers. Hit it for the one time. Tony, what we got? Up <laughs> I'm sorry. I got distracted by my wife. Is out of town. She sent me a text message. We both teach at a college, uh, and we both got a deal like we were talking about the rigors of life earlier. God, God bless us. You know, like yesterday we just celebrated people who are veterans, you know, I mean, people who gave their life sacrifice for their country Memorial day. Uh, go out there and do something nice for people that need more credit. This poor lady, this is, this, we got to teach, we got to teach these young people of America. that are going to take care of us. And she sent me this text message. And the late and it's a no subject line, of course. I mean, um, email. She sent a picture of her screen, and it says, "Hey, Mrs. Dumb, I'm in your blah 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 class." Like, <laughs> dick. You know what? F, F. This is dumb. Oh my god. Shit. Um, but oh god. Ah, you know what? It's Mr. Dumb. My wife is smart and beautiful. It's Mr. Dumb to y'all. Let me talk about one other. This is what I really want to say. Before you move okay. on. I love the fact that your off like camera off picture is Cody. <laughs> yeah, why does he do that? I noticed I, that too. I don't know. I think it's because we log that. in. It's who logs in first, maybe, <laughs> into StreamYard. <laughs> yeah. That's probably it. That is. 
Um, that was pretty funny. So this is actually what I wanted to shave. Again, Matt Rule trying to give him all the credit in the world. And uh, so Icky comes up and it comes in there and they're welcoming him into the building. And um, Scott Fitter is wearing the exact same clothes he wears all the time mm-hmm. with the same exact hairdo. He looks like he never, like he's like a robot. Um, Matt Rule, I told y'all, man, is like he don't know how to dress other than in coach clothes. Like he only, like if you looked in his closet, I told you guys this in a past episode when we were all talking about his his wardrobe at the coaches meeting or whatever. And the problem was, is that his wife probably wasn't traveling with him. And his closet is all free shit from uh, Temple, from Baylor, and from the <laughs> Panthers. He always wears the same free shit, like, which is coach. Like, it's just from the team store. And uh, Scott Fitterer, when Icky walks in, goes, uh, man, you do, you always look good. Always dressed right, like he said something sharp. He's like, "Yeah, I just do it together." You know what I'm saying? It's just like a suit. And uh, Icky turns to Matt Rule. He's like, "Oh yeah, you got the the Carolina blue shoes on." Like he's like matching shoes to his smock. And Icky's like, "Like the shoe." He's like, "Yeah, I wore it just for you." I was like, "Man, shut the fuck up!" Like, don't <laughs> give him no credit, no credit. That's free shit from the team store. This man don't have nothing. Hey, he don't hey. got no style. Icky, no, Icky's just he's just trying to get some playing time, dude. He he knows that Matt Rule is not <laughs> averse to to benching guys who should start. He's just trying to get that playing time, bro. Damn, it's rough out here, man. All right. Um, uh, um, last last thoughts on the Panthers confidential is this is uh I'm excited about this corner that we picked late. When that oh, scout. Um, the guy that ran the four, whatever, four. Yeah, two, yeah, he ran like a four. The four, Baylor three. kid. Yeah, yeah, Baylor. He was the Baylor kid, and that scout said, "You ain't gonna find this guy getting beat deep." Like that, I was like, "Uh oh, uh oh." I even can't, thought he said about... you can't find tape getting him having him being beat deep, and I was like, yeah. "That's actually pretty impressive." Hey, I know. What, I was about what that. about maybe giving him some snaps at free safety? He's around that high. I mean, he's six foot. Is about, you know, uh, that's about the size of a like the most a, rangy safety in the history of the I world. Mean, dude, I mean, literally, that's to be able to cut off one half of the field to have a dangerous single high free safety like that. Hey, man, like that's part of the reason. Has that not been part of the reason why many Panther fans wanted us to experiment with Dante Jackson at that position? And City I got most hyped hey. about him. Yeah, hey, and it was to, like one second to put you put it into perspective. Earl Thomas is five ten, and he ran a four four three, which is like what point two off of what what he our, yeah. our, our corner. I can't even remember his name, but um, yeah, I mean, I think that might not be a bad idea to try him out at safety. I mean, our 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 defense right now, the speed on our defense is. Is impressive. Is, um, it, for, for lack of I mean, a better even that term, defensive end elite. ran a four three seven. Yeah, it's elite, bro. What's his name? What was his last name? Uh, Amari Barno. No, that's the defensive end. Oh, I what was the corner's name? The the what was the um, corner's name? I don't remember it. I need to learn it. 
Yeah, I know. But you know what type of you know Barnes. what four two three speed is? Yeah, that's that crazy, is. dude. The record for years was four two one. That mug can cut. This is Joey Riolano quote by by the way. This shout out to my best boy Joey Riolano, who I need to be in better touch with. We live far away. Um, he used to say we had Teddy, uh, we had Teddy Williams back on this show, which was uh, he was a super fast wide receiver track star. We had, and we had him on the show, and Joe he said and he ran a four two two or something like the same same thing. And Joey said to my man, he said, "That's like you can cut the lights off, you could cut the light switch off, and be under the covers before the lights are off." <laughs> Bad speed, like, and he said it so smooth. Whatever Joey's like, you can cut the lights, you can hit the light switch and be in bed before the lights are off. That's yeah. how fast that is. Oh, by the way, the corner you're speaking of is Kalen Barnes. Kalen Barnes. Uh, shout out to Spectre One Actual from Down Under. Down under, is that a wild codizzle? G day from Australia, lads. My boy Specter, he's uh, Good day. and he is a legitimate Australian, as you can see there with the Australian dollar. Um, I think that's worth like 50 cents, so enjoy that, boys. I'm just kidding, cool. it's not I was that bad. It's worth like eight dollars for uh, currency exchange. Thank you for the donation, man. We look, we love the support. I can't believe that we have people listening from across the freaking world. Uh, in fact, Kalen Barnes, we're gonna send him. We're gonna send him via messenger to bring you a thank you card. Oh, there he is. <laughs> hey, yo, he's there. Um, hey, did right, you so- know that if you say um, "rise up, lights" in that order, that's how you say razor blades in Australian? Say that again. Right, say rise up lights. That's how you say razor blades, and I'll show you. Rise, rise up, up lights. lights. Oh, rise up lights. <laughs> rise up lights. And is the Muhammad Ali the the quote that you guys are talking about? Chat room is that the light switch one? The light switch. If somebody could about. tell me that you cut the light, be in bed before the lights are off, hit the lights. Yeah, I think that's if that is man. Good. Even Joe is even. I tell you, Joe, man, I miss him on the show. Miss Joe on the show. Lynn has a, a question that I think is relevant here. Do we believe that Matt Rule uh, should have been the one handling the negotiations with the Patriots? I'll give you my take. I think that especially in the second and third rounds when the timers are a lot shorter, I think you're going to I'm I'm guessing they had like the the duties for talking about trades with specific teams divvied out to, you know, Dan Morgan, Scott Fitterer, Matt Rule maybe one other in there as well. And then that way Scott Fitter isn't trying to field 31 different people trying to call him. And it allows them to kind of filter that stuff out. That'd be my thought, but I don't know what you guys think about that. Mm, I mean, I kind of think that, you know, remember when I showed you guys that clip of the brand on the wall of the, you know, inside the stadium, like look, the Matt rule is the face of the Panthers right now, whether we like it or not. And, you know, I think this guy being on the phone, that's kind of just what's, you know, that's it. I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier is that Fitterer and Rule are working in tandem with one another. Um, I don't necessarily put a whole lot into it. I think our entire draft was orchestrated by Fitterer. 
I don't necessarily believe that it was right. Uh, you know, rule making the deal or executing the deal. I kind of just think he was on the phone and relaying the messages to everyone else in That's the what room. I'm thinking. That was yeah. Um, and even still, man, like I, I think, you know, no one in a war room has a consensus on every player. There are some scouts that, you know, they like one player and then this other guy might not like him so much. So you're kind of having to go to bat for your, for your guys in the war. They room. weren't huddling up really. Yeah, but also I don't think they were it was just those. It was just thing. Fitterer, Rule, and McAdoo to the left. And did, did you have any thoughts on uh, Tepper's input when it came to the quarterback part? It's like it's time. It's time. Like I felt like he was pushing it a little. Which yeah, is really funny because him. going into the draft, he's like, Sam Darnold is a really good quarterback. And then he's just like, we need to go right now. We need to trade up. I'll give him a third and a second and probably a first next year to move up into the third round, please. (laughs) Uh, I felt like I had, I felt like Federer was the only person that was calm. Yeah. I felt like he was way calm. Like it wasn't too big of, I mean, I think we felt like that. Yeah. I think we felt like that for a couple of years though. Like he has not been like when we've wanted him to make moves to move up, he hasn't reached, right? I think we all were like, move up into the second round. We're at the end of the second round. It can't be that expensive to move up into the second round. He waited, right? And I think that that's, uh, that I, again, like Matt Rule is not wrong. I think that is an elite trait. I think it could have been maybe uh, something that was, it was just, it was a very awkward place and, and way to state that. But I think that that like, I think he's right. I think Matt Rule or Scott Fitterer has done an incredible job not reaching, not being too panicked about the decision they decide to make. Um, like even last year, everybody's like, move up into the top five, move into the top five so you can take one of these quarterbacks. And he didn't right. even take a quarterback when there was one there. Um, I I'm think just... I think Scott Fitterer's got a really good plan, and and I think he's building this team up, and uh, and and he's got a guy in Matt Corral that can sit a year that allows them to build even further next year to give him the team that, that he deserves to have to try to be successful. If Sam Darnold, in fact, does not turn out to be a good quarterback as it we really, all see, he won't. It's, it seemed like though that they were, oh, and, and maybe it was just like uh, the um, Tepper part, but it almost felt like as they were getting to the trade talk, like as as these guys were fall, falling, as in Corral and mm-hmm. um, Willis, Malik Willis, which they didn't mention anybody other's name. And I wonder if they didn't mention their name as like kind of a favor to everybody so they don't say things that are bad about other players. That could be one reason why they kind of omitted some of those discussions. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of clever editing. And right. making sure but, you know there's no big time. Yeah, shade thrown on another team or on another player that they didn't like. But it did feel like to me that they they were just having the conversation for the first time about the quarterbacks when it was like, oh, and then it's like, well, if you look at the tape, he's like eating a potato chip. And that might have been spliced from a different moment or something like that. But it was just like, oh, now we're gonna talk about it. Like y'all didn't. Right. Like Tepper was like, "Oh, what are we doing? Hey guys!" Like he's sticking his head in there. Like, what's the what's the consensus? I was like, "What have y'all mugs been doing for the last month? Like, you could have been watching our show. We've been talking about this shit for two months." Do you think like, that, y'all um, like, "Oh, what are we doing, guys?" 
Do you think that they get they avoid falling in love with players because of the like the natural disappointment that's going to happen if they take the third best? Like, do you think there's any of that? Like, that's why they don't go into it. Like, this is our guy. This is our guy. It's kind of like Scott Fitterer knows who their guy is. Maybe Matt Rule does, but everybody else is kind of uh, somewhat in the dark on that. I don't know. I feel like Tepper is like up in the business, right? And I. You know who should get the ice up pick is Tepper every time he says Carolina. Like, he cannot say Carolina. Like, the word Carolina. Like, I mean, my mom is from up north, and I don't feel like she sounds like that ridiculous. Well, he's, I think he's got a speech impediment. Like, you can already, like, you can kind of tell with the way, like, okay. he, he talks. I think that there's... Well, thanks for making me. You know what? I don't feel bad. I'll make fun of a billionaire. No, no, no. Too. Not at all. Not at all. Wait, who has, who has a, a Tepper? David Tepper, yeah. Shit, I'm making fun of this. Can't say the word Carolina. It's like Carolina or Naya. Carol, it's well, weird. He, he slurs his words together. Carolina. Like he slurs oh, his words yeah. together a little bit. And I think that's, you know, why I believe that. I, I think he has a little bit of trouble enunciating. Um, and, and so that's why I feel like he's got a bit of a speech impediment. I don't think it's like tremendous, but it's enough to make you notice the first time you talk to him that maybe he doesn't talk like a normal person. And when listening to him in interviews, I also feel like it does this thing where he kind of tries to rush to the next point that he's trying to make and like show you how serious he is, you know, and be very stirring and kind of to the point. And I think that obviously comes from the background that he's in, obviously the world of you know, right. just big time finance and stuff like that. Um, yeah, but I, I kind of think, you know, I don't expect to hear too much from David Tepper until the Panthers start winning. I think you're lucky to hear from him, uh, you know, once every year. You know, uh, the, the Panthers really have to start to do something. And then another thing that's kind of tied to this question, I don't know if you want to do this after a cat call or just talk about it now. Make of it what you will. But uh, Charlotte FC, uh, the head coach was just fired after only one season. I don't even know if that season's over. Oh, they're still entirely. playing, I heard. Yeah, There's so something deeper to that though. And then a lot of people are like, okay, so you're gonna fire this head coach after one year, and it's literally their first year in existence, and you're not gonna fire Matt Rule after everything that he's done. Um, I don't know, a lot of people, especially now that's been the easy go to by Panther fans. But I feel like you know, people now, like, Tony, are like really coming down on David Tepper for the lack of how a lot of the big time moves that have been made since his, you know, since he bought the Panthers have all kind of fizzled out, you know, from the coaching hire to South Carolina, you know, there's been a lot of misses here. Yeah. Well, he does speak with such confidence in the beginning. Like it was, um, it really felt like it was like, I'm going to like, I don't know. You just with the money part. Maybe we're just so wowed by the dollars. We were just wowed by his billion so much. Maybe um, the head coach stuff. Look, as I hate soccer, you know, like uh, um, I have my own issues with it. And at this point, I don't need to get involved with any other sports. Um, I know that a lot of people are down on the Charlotte team. I mean, that's cool. You live in Charlotte. People like it, man. And good hype up, hype for doing that. A lot of people think that just him bringing a soccer team to Charlotte in itself is a good thing. It does seem very bizarre 
I'm one of those like people. This, I like this. It. This coach, Here. though, like he was kind of like a gritty, edgy coach that could barely speak English. Seemed like it was like a soccer guy, you know. Right. Um, and then this is kind of a bizarre moment, right? It's like you're, and from what I've gathered, I feel like I've had seen the people that are following this team have had some positive things to say about their performance. Like, I don't feel like, I don't know what their record is. But I know, like, I mean, there's been, like, I see some people being excited about it on the internet. Like, so, I mean, I, don't, I cannot believe that they've been so bad this year. And then I see one tweet that came out or one report that said that the players and the coach weren't seeing eye to eye. And I thought, well, that's kind of weird reason to fire somebody, given the fact that they played their first game and, like, on the two days before they had not even finalized their roster. Right. I mean, because they're like a new team and like they're still like people are quitting, people are committing to the team. And then like, now nah, I got yeah. a different job and stuff like so it seems crazy to me that you're going to give so much pull to the players who. Like are not scrubs, but close to like replacement players, it feels like if you're hiring them the day before and you're telling them to go play like your coach was in there. But do you think it has more to do with the fact that 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 now that people see that Charlotte is a sports town and that there is a fan base that they're going to be able to attract better coaching. Like, I feel like they had to go with anybody that would take the job initially. Right. And now they might be able to actually pursue somebody who has a, maybe a better track record, a better resume. You think that has anything to do with it? Uh, Potentially. How much can coaches really do in soccer? Come on. You know what I, what I honestly think it is, though, CK? I think it's just, um, and I think, uh, yeah, off grid said it really good right here. Uh, Tepper admits he doesn't know sports, as he should. He's navigating and learning as he goes. He's actually learning from his mistakes. That's why there's shakeups in the higher-ups. And there have been a bunch of different fires. I tried to find a tweet that brought up all the different ones from Charlotte FC to you know, us last year, all these different things. But that is something that I do feel like is important to remember about Tepper. The man did openly admit that there was a lot of things that he's learning on the fly about football, about the NFL in general, ownership, just a lot of different things of that nature. So, Which is why I think that Ron Rivera stuck around, which is why I think Marty Herney stuck around for as long as he did. I think they were his safety blanket, you know, safety net. Yeah. I think there's something fishy going on with this coach. Like to get fired like this before the season's over. I don't know. In the inaugural season where from what I've gathered, they haven't been the worst as people as bad as they expected. And the turnout and the support has been pretty good. There's something going on that we don't know about. Yeah. There's a... What do you think? Something relationship. Like like a cousin that's a drug smuggler or a (laughs) wife that is... uh, That he's got two wives. I don't know. Something. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But now we... Yeah, I like that we're just speculating. That's what everybody is. If everybody's sitting here going, oh... Well, uh, he fired this guy, but keeps Matt Rule. That's just a speculative. That's like corollary, not causal, and it's like kind of a stupid thing as well. 
it's and they won't say they and they said we just have decided to part ways. They didn't give any information on it. They didn't say performance based. They didn't say nothing. The the general manager or whatever, which then that's what I saw someone say is like by saying like it's cool to not air your dirty laundry, but when you don't air the laundry at all, all people do is just conjecture about why the shit happened. And I, mean, I don't maybe, even know. I, I couldn't even tell you the guy's name. I couldn't even tell you these guys' records. For all I know, they ain't scored a damn goal in eight years. But that's soccer as it is. They don't score no damn goals. But let's start a rumor. He uh, he's compromised by the Sinaloa cartel, and mm. Tepper just couldn't have let's that. Do exactly. it. <laughs> let's talk about some dirty. Yeah. Let's talk about some additional dirty laundry uh, with yeah. these uh, these jerseys that uh, Cody was Perfect showing us in standpoint. our DMs. Perfect segue. So listen, I want everyone's opinion on this. Obviously, Tony and CK, we're going to have the discussion. But everyone in the chat room, you may have seen them already, but tell me what you think about these fits. Now, I want to make a point in even showing this. This is just a mock-up. It's just an idea. Um, but I want to make an overall point after we discuss this a little bit. But first, let me put out some feelers. Do you like this design just as a base kind of home outfit the black helmet the kind of, you know the the stripes on the shoulders the sides what are we thinking man this made made its rounds on twitter and people were feeling a lot of different kinds of ways about it gentlemen how say you i mean i i, I mentioned it earlier i think for whatever reason i've got a titans feel and i just i feel like it it, it just feels a little bit Ununique, you know, or, or or I don't know what the right way to <laughs> say that is, but it just doesn't feel very unique. That's the best way to say it. Yeah. Ununique, ununique, and that's uh, gonna be somebody's name soon. Ununique. It's one of my students. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's. I mean, it, you spell it, that? O n i o n i. Ununique. I don't think that, but I do think Ryan. that outside of that, I think it looks like a fire design. I just. It just gives me Titans vibes. I I like that. I don't like the two. The two looks funky. Mm-hmm. See, like I like I like I like the font. I, I actually like. The really, font. It looks yeah. like a S backwards S. Like I'm dyslexic. Yeah. Um, I'm a. I'm like you know what? I think like is like anything when we see black on black on black, we're gonna be hype. You know, okay. I kind of like the black, meant the blue base guard yeah that's yeah i do too Uh, i mean this is well go go ahead okay i was gonna say it uh the the chat is not going for it it does not seem to be a very popular design i'm not in love with it some people some people are liking it some people less so my point is this right and i've like dude someone mentioned that Cody goes on reddit too much dude the panthers subreddit i find nowadays is honestly insufferable but one of the things that like I have noticed is anytime you put forth something new or like maybe you want to make some slight alteration slash tweaks to the jersey, like it's like they take it or people that love our jerseys, they take it like we're saying, oh, our stuff is ugly. It has to be changed right now. No, it's not that our stuff is ugly or that it doesn't look right. It's that. It's in, in my opinion, at least. I understand a lot of people feel different. I kind of feel like it's in in need of an upgrade. 
right? Like ours has that 90s feel and vibe. And I know a lot of people like it a lot, but I really think that it's time to update our appearance. And my point in this, okay, even if you don't like this, fine. But yeah, we can give you 10 different other ones every year. Yeah, but that's my that's my point. Do you see how you could make a few minor alterations to our outfit that could make everything look so much cooler, in my opinion, yet also keep the same aesthetic that the Panthers have? One of the things I've mentioned about the black helmets, I love how minimalist our logo then becomes. Like in that picture right there. It even has a white outline around the, the panther itself. I say remove that. Just let it be the blue panther on the black helmet with the white fangs and the eyes. And that way it's like a literal panther stalking you in the night. And the blue is like the moonlight shining down on him. That's like the last thing you see before a panther eats your ass, dude. Like... Here's I love the, that. All right, man. that's cool. I like that kind of like the eye. But here's the thing is that black and silver look so dope together, like the pop. That's what's missing on this. There's no silver to make this pop. And that's the key is like the black, blue, and the silver go together so well. That's why we want the black on black on the black. You know? And that's why I don't love this one. It kind of looks... uh, You know what? And I, here... Is I don't get defensive about the uniform we have. I think that I've hated the rules. I think they finally did change the rules so you can have more than two helmet colors. Somebody said that the last time we had this conversation. I kind of think that we're we are not old enough of a team that where we have to worry about insulting our heritage. No, about right. the the colors in fact if you look at the very first concept um panthers uniform from when before we even played it looked like a detroit lions you know it was horrific horrific um so like i think one of the things is with y younger fans like you could appeal to a younger fan base by trying new stuff right kind of remember when they did the color what was it the color rush nights and half yeah, of them yeah. stink. But you know everybody in this chat room would be buying one of these if we did a one one a year. Yeah. Where you just wore it one time or something like that. Everybody run out and buy that. I don't love this one, Cody. I find this one to be boring. I don't like it. But you could we've looked at 10 other ones that are kind of similar in this vein where I do love. So I don't dislike it, but no, nah, I'm not in love with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, again, that point of it just being like, you could do a few things, and I think that you could modernize our, our fit. And by the way, like, a bunch of teams have actually done this for the better. Like, if you look at the old-timey Bronco jerseys, dude, those sucked. But them yeah, orange like, ones were dope, bro. Nah, I didn't but like that's oh, how about retro. That? But it's because they're retro. Here's the thing. We got the best colors, though. Oh, no doubt. Dude, like we have some of the thickest colors. It's not even league. a question, dude. The black, that, that, by the way, the blue is called Process Blue. That's the official blue of the Carolina Panthers. I even have the uh, color code the color saved on my computer. It's yeah, called, so I, I need to write that down. I just always yeah. guess at it. 
Oh, dude, it's uh, yeah, I I love the blue, I love the black. Um, I, I see what you're saying about the silver, and that's like when when we talk about the black helmets, one of the reasons why certain people are against the black helmet is just because they do like our silver tops, you know, the 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 silver lids and just how it kind of goes with the rest of it. And I see that too. Like the Raiders have a have a really classic good look with their silver helmet, you know, and I kind of think that's you know, you don't really see too many silver helmets, do you? Like right. am I just not thinking of I don't know. I mean like no, but at the same time, like Raiders. if I I don't think the black on black is complete until we get the black helmet. Like I've been saying this forever. I love the black on black uniforms, even though we lose in them every damn time. By the way, I ain't the only person that says it anymore. Now even Sheena Quick is saying it. She, I saw her tweet about it when somebody put up the uniforms. Like, well, I wish we were good. I was like, I've been saying that forever, man. We suck in the black on black. Just because we have a losing record, the curse is not real. We it's just real need to until start we get winning. black. You know what? It's because we don't match. The reason uh, we're losing is because we're missing the black helmet. Like, that's going to be sick when you do the black on black on black. I'll be ready for that. But this concept, don't love it. I also don't like the idea of this midriff look and some different things. The stripes. I'm not in love with these, whatever these boring-ass stripes are. Got to do something different. All right. What else? Is that, is that, that we is got more concept when it comes to jerseys, or can we go cat call? Uh, no, I, I mean, that's that's what we got for the jerseys. Uh, let's, unless CK wanted to add something to this, huh? No, we no. Can. Let's hit those cat calls up. Let's see what everybody else has to say about this. All right. The number is. Numbers 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. Jump in the show. Tell us what you thought about Panthers Confidential, what you think about these concept uh, jerseys and what you want to see going forward. And uh, is Matt is, is Scott Fitterer elite? And is Matt Rule a tool? 252-228-5098. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good like a three and a four and a who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one? Thank you, fellas. Corey calling in. Um well, Corey? what's going on this week, but I something that was was on my mind that I feel like I wanted to talk about was um, just just the importance of a, of a tight end, man. We haven't had a great tight end since Greg Olson, and I think CK was talking about it, how all those teams that are just perennially successful in the league, you see them being near the top of their division every single year, they have a good, reliable, strong tight end. And I think us as fans, we can say, like, we can look at, like, right now, probably the biggest positions of need right now is, like, linebacker and quarterback right obviously um but you know quarterback we're when when we get the quarterback we're gonna know right linebacker we haven't had a uh a, a really a great one since luke and obviously we missed him but really tight end and and, and i think is one of our biggest needs because of just that red zone efficiency man we haven't had a true red zone threat since cam newton right so like you got DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, they're smaller receivers. DJ Moore doesn't do a whole lot of his work in the red zone. 
that's uh, a part of the reason why you see him kind of struggle to get his touchdown numbers up every year. Damn, bro, you gonna let me over or what? <laughs> but uh, that's why you see him seem to struggle getting his, his touchdown numbers every year. You know, CMC, he's been hurt, but he's a matchup nightmare and in the red zone, so he'll be good. But just yeah. that one player who you can you can throw to and have him like box a, a, a DB out or just run a quick little out, and you just already know he's got the sure hands to be there. And he's a six five, six six body that you can just count on like that. Like I feel like our offense looked so stagnant last year and these last couple years, obviously because of the quarterback play, because of the offensive line play. But there are so many times when we get down in the red zone and we we, we shit our pants because we don't have that, that guy we can just go to and be like, oh, fuck it, if all things fall apart, let's just run this play right here and and we know we're going to get something positive out of it. Uh, so that's, that's really, really what I wanted to talk about, man. I think Tommy Trimble could potentially be that guy, but he's such a project that, you know, it's, I, I honestly feel like it's more likely that he – is just kind of serviceable, okay, maybe than than him turning into a you know what I'm saying a legit receiving threat at tight end. Hope it can happen, and um, I, I hope we give him every opportunity because he definitely needs to see the field more than Ian Thomas does. But but yeah, man, I I just think that once we're, we got this position where offensive line is good, we can we can get our quarterback. But like tight end, it's 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 a, it's a very low key, underrated, but heavily important position for his man. But, like I say, all the way back. Appreciate all the content y'all Appreciate you, man. Uh, I mean, look, I think I, I count myself amongst the numerous Panther fans that have been wanting to see a much uh, greater usage of the tight end position, man. Like we were, we were, we were hyped about Tommy Tremble, and again last year, everything was so bad for so many different reasons. I kind of feel like guys like Tommy Tremble and Terrence Marshall Jr. You know, to that extent, the guys that didn't necessarily have the greatest first year, they had some good plays, but, you know, we, we wanted to see some more. I feel like Ben McAdoo's offense um, is really going to do a wonder for our tight ends. I think they're going to use him a lot in the run. I think they're going to use him a lot in the pass. Um, and, yeah, I'm hoping that you're going to be able to finally see some of the potential that we originally saw in Ian Thomas. Like, We've been so kind of bummed about Ian Thomas the past few years. You forget that once upon a time, people were like excited to see what this guy could do. You know, he had some good combine numbers himself, giant hands. He had a good rookie year. He had a good rookie yeah. year. That's the problem is that Ian Thomas got everybody's hopes up and then dashed them by kind of falling in, into obscurity his sophomore year and then working his way out of it and somehow the Panthers re-signing him. This is what we always do with any of these dudes, right? Tommy Tremble could be the next one. He could be the next Ian Thomas or he could be great. You know what I mean? Like it's like, and that was a great kind of observation on him. Is he going to turn into um, something more, which fans need and want, or is he just going to be serviceable? And to be honest, that's what Ian Thomas has become just serviceable. If even that, um, I don't hate on Ian Thomas like everybody else does. The coach likes him. I want to go to this point on the question, though. When have the Panthers, outside of Cam Newton, had that red zone go-to guy ever? Who was it? And, I mean, like, seriously, 
I mean, Jonathan Stewart, Mike yeah, Colbert. Stewart, Tolb. I don't know if, like, uh, counting a power running back on the two. Wouldn't that be what you would be count. considering Cam Newton? I felt like Cam Newton could get it from the five. Right. You know, like, but, uh, I don't know if, it, or I guess kind of like what I'm thinking about is even, I don't know if a running back, like, how about the fact is, is that you guys just said Jonathan Stewart and not Christian McCaffrey. I don't think Christian right. McCaffrey's been a red zone threat uh, for a long, like, I, I think he's always right. been more effective on, you know, the other half of the field, like, or, you know, all the way up until that 20 yard line. Um, yeah, those and big then chunk plays. Right. Um, uh, Adam Sanders says Steve Smith. All right, I look, I know Steve Smith is a fantastic receiver. I do un- I like is, and probably in the times that he could have been that dominant, even in that, maybe, maybe that's the closest you get, you know, with Steve Smith. Masim Muhammad. Hey, how about, I have another one that you're not going to want to hear, but it's probably Kelvin just Benjamin. No, it's, no, I was gonna say the other one, man. Oh, salad boy, like Devin Ke- Funches. I'm Devin Funches. No, I'm not saying that he was great at it, but that name is just as relevant as any of the other ones. Big body, go up and get the football. He had some big get, time plays. Didn't do Peyton. any of those things. It's Never did be, any of those things. It's Never gotta did be Greg Olson though. Like Greg Olson was like one handing catching the back of the end zone. Here's the problem, bro, is we have stuck. This is the same conversation we have always had. We suck inside the 20. And this is not just recently. This is going back the entire time. We're going back to Cam Newton's from the very beginning. Once our problem was, as soon as we got to the red zone, we ended up settling for field goals rather than touchdowns too much. Our red zone, and this is not exclusive to Matt Rule, has always been lackluster. I'm trying to think maybe the year we had Shockey and Olsen that we were kind of, and that was Cam's rookie year, maybe. So, you know, but we have not had a guy. Shockey, yeah. Yeah, we just haven't had um, a Calvin, like, throw the fade to Calvin. And I maybe, I mean, we're using Hall of Fame guys. But even when we went to the Twin Towers, we still ended up fucking kicking field goals the whole time, it felt like. I mean, it was really Cam Newton, and that was it. That's how it felt like to me when it comes to, like, I mean, I was, how about this? Is that if you were on the five yard line, would you rather Cam Newton throw it or run it? Oh, right. It was really a bootleg to Olsen. That's it. it he can do it. He can bootleg do it. to Olsen. Yeah. Bootleg to Olsen was like the bread and butter, a go-to touchdown every time. And you got to the point where you're like, why didn't we run that? So, yeah. Cool. I'm telling you, man, Francis is more of is more relevant in that conversation Gosh. than people Ted Ginn might Ginn Jr. is a be. more of a red zone threat than Salad Boy. I disagree with that hey. as well. Mm. All right. Not the number is 252-228-5098. No, he can't catch the deep shot. Hey, this is White Chocolate Espresso from Charleston. Oh, Tony, shit. Dad, why did you abandon me, Dad? You were never there for me. Nope. 
He never helped mom with child support. Nope. Why weren't you there? <laughs> Kevin's such an idiot. <laughs> well, you know what? You got your alcoholic gene from me, bro. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, so we just say, look, is that when we solve the problem of the red zone? I don't know. I mean, I guess it's going to be hard to solve the problem. You need to get quarterback that's on the same page i just uh, was always pissed that we had kelvin benjamin and devin funches we didn't always have them on the field at the same time and then we could not throw the fade like you drafted these mugs for one fucking play the fade to the corner and you could never pull it off and i don't know if it was it was a combination of cam missing it a combination of them dropping it and a combination of them not calling it. But I think Greg Olson has probably been the most reliable red zone threat we've had since Steve Smith. Right. And before that, Masin Muhammad. And Steve Smith played with Masin Muhammad. I do think that Jonathan Stewart also deserves to be in this conversation, man. That dude was a bowling ball. He could wreck right through you. He would get into the end zone. He saved his career, but like, is that he was on the verge of? He's like he pulled a Thomas Davis. Yeah. Oh, he, he was Thomas he was Davis. The afterthought. He was yeah. It's like for, you thought. Oh, he was awesome, but he just hurt all the when time. When D'Angelo got got cut, you were thinking Jonathan Stewart was right behind him because they were double trouble. They both got paid. They were getting and paid Stewart way was too much. Always hurt. Yeah. He was always hurt. You know what? Even when he had good seasons, he was, he was still, still hurt. hurt. <laughs> he was still hurt. <laughs> well, um, I really don't think he had many seasons at all where he played a full season. I, I you know what? It'd be a, it probably was that one year, 08, when him and that somebody looked that up in 2008. I think it was 08, his rookie year, the double treble. They, we had two 1,000 yard rushers. Yeah, it was the um, first, like one of the first times that ever yeah. took place, I think. Yeah, D'Angelo yeah. and um, Jonathan, saved, Jonathan Stewart saved his career at the end with that 2015 season. 2014-15. Yeah. He had two years in a row where he was a tough, tough-ass runner for us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, no uh, doubt. 252-228-5098. Next call. Hey guys, Chuck from Elizabeth City, aka so Carolina Sports Guy. Uh, I ain't got much tonight, guys. A couple things. Um, I, I love the black helmet. I don't want to really lose the silver helmet. I know a lot of people don't like it, but it, the silver helmet with the white shirt, the white pants, we've used that combination more than any other. And if for anything, just historically, we played in it the most, I don't want to lose that. But I do like the all black. I think it's pretty slick. I don't have a problem going there, and I think we probably will. Um, I guess one thing I'm calling in, and I'm really going to bitch about tonight, is the Carolina Hurricanes losing last night to the freaking New York Rags. And I got to tell you, Tony, you think you hate Atlanta, and you think you hate the Saints, and I do. I swear to God, I hate them jumbo eating son of a bitches. But there's nothing more I hate as a Carolina Hurricane fan in the Washington Capitals and those stinky-ass son-of-a-bitches from up north, the New York stinking-ass rags. I cannot stand them in a sorry-ass fans. I was ready to drive to Raleigh last night and punch somebody in the throat. 
But anyway, I'm getting too old for that. But I did run six miles the last two days trying to trying to burn off some of this anger and steam from really blowing the deficit when we're up too high. But anyway, on a brighter thing, football season's right around the bend, guys. Let's go Panthers. Chuck, bring the passion as always. Um, if I had if Chuck, uh, hey, well, I'm not even going to tell you. Just make you mad. Um, but when it comes to the Hurricanes, they don't worry. You're going to stay tuned for my ice up pick. Um, you ran into a goaltender that stopped everything and anything, and you worked and you ran into a team that got, or you ran into a team that outplayed you. Us. The Rangers outplayed us, man. It's just that simple. Like the Hurricanes lost this series, and the Rangers won it all at the same time. Um, stinks, freaking stinks. You should not um, be up two zero and lose a series. Can't win on the road. Really, a lot of. Uh, I probably I got an ice up nacious, man. Good God. Sophomore slump. The sophomore slump is real in all sports. All right. Um, right now, I think those are all the calls. Uh, we got to get into a couple of debates. Numbers 252-228-5098 if you want to squeak any uh, last-minute um, calls for us. But uh, debate number numero uno. Let's start with mine. I like mine. What is the is worst division in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's think about this is that I know the my best answer. division, the best division right now probably is the AFC West. Yeah. That'd be Chargers. That's Chargers. Chiefs, Chargers, Chiefs, Chiefs Raiders. Broncos, Raiders. Broncos, Raiders. Yeah. What is there another division that is better or on par to them? Um, yeah, so maybe now the AFC North with the Bengals going to the Super Bowl. All right. You know, the Browns should be good. That whole Deshaun Watson thing is a whole he ain't deal. playing this year. This whatever. Um, the the what Steelers, uh, they got the Steelers uh, are always, you know, a perennial contender. The Ravens. Ravens. So I think the AFC North is another good, good yeah, contender. But not as, to me, that's not even close. I mean, I got I mean, question marks about the Steelers and the Browns. Outside of the AFC West, who's the clear number two for the next best division? I almost, There's an argument for the AFC East. What about the NFC West with the where you got three really good teams? You got the Super Bowl champ, you got the, the San Francisco 49ers, and you got the Cardinals. <sighs> Maybe not the greatest, but like, I mean, there's an argument that they could be in the same conversation as Bengals, Browns, Steelers, Ravens. Yeah, but I mean, the Cardinals, I I, I trust the Ravens and the Steelers more than I do the Cardinals. Steelers, rookie quarterback, rookie quarterback. We have no idea about them. I feel like they're living on reputation a bit. The Browns are living off of everybody wanting them to be good. Sorry, I don't even care. Superstar roster, but. Right now, they are. They their they, roster it, is good. Like no, every is. it's that, that's what people said for the last two, three years, man. I, I will not believe it till I see it. Type thing. 
Yeah, but it hasn't been the roster for them. How about this? Is the 49ers have proven more to me. The 49ers have had a bum-ass quarterback, too, and they've been kicking ass for the last three years. Mm, I wouldn't say Jimmy Garoppolo is a bum quarterback. He is no worse than Baker. He's better than Baker. They're the same dude to me. He's better than Baker. Uh, I don't know. I just don't think. I would say this is the Browns are the people everybody loves to pick right now. Right. Like at this point in the season. I'm sorry to tell you everything going on. Then the addition of like the people speaking out now, I am telling you, I have a sinking suspicion. Deshaun Watson ain't playing this year. Dude, we, and they're saying this, that they're not trying to trade Baker. Like, yeah, why? they say they're not. Oh no, they're saying they're not going to cut him. Right, all right, right. So, like, why? Well, because they're worried that Watson ain't going to play. The Watson, we. You want to talk about Russian roulette? That's a great one. You come up with that CK all yeah. on your own. That was wonderful. Well, I was thinking about like he, you know, it felt like last year he was going for the fourth downs a lot more, and I was like, well, we had Riverboat Ron. What could we do now? And I'm like, Russian roulette. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I just think that, uh, man, we missed that one. Yeah. You know, with all of that, with all the crap, we went and talked and talked and look, is that we got baited into love, like thinking about the idea and stuff. But right now, I'm to the point, I don't care. I don't need, I'm starting to wonder if even him being a elite quarterback, this and that is like, unless you got like multiple Super Bowls, is it even worth it? Like, this is bad. Now you're getting more cases. It just continues to go on. I think, I think Deshaun Watson is a tough spot right now. Like, I just. So I, I went on there, I went today to look at it, and there, a lot of people are saying that, because uh, Bryant Gumble on Real Sports just put out. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. Just put out a new episode where they interviewed a bunch of his, you know, the women that have come out against him. Um, and and uh, there was another woman that came out today with another lawsuit. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know that's like up to twenty four or twenty three or twenty four. Yeah, it's twenty three now. Yeah. I, but I've I've heard that they don't think that it's going to change the NFL's evaluation because it's all pretty much just the same. Right. But it's changing my you know? eva- actually it's not changing my evaluation. It's kind of where smoke there where there's smoke, there's fire. How about That's this? I won't I'm I'm if my if my daughter or wife was a massage therapist, I ain't referring Deshaun Watson to them. <laughs> yeah. That goes without saying. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, yeah, no problem. I even with heard the uh, Lavar Arrington and uh, Brady Quinn talk, and and they're not ready. They weren't. No one's ready to talk junk about some they somebody. Say? But they just said something to the effect like a hundred and forty massages a year. Yeah, that's that man. Like is like is that you get? And then if you are getting that many massages, that you don't have your own. Like, give your own chef. Imagine if you had like 140 different personal chefs. You don't. You, like, you, you just hire like, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if if you There's... are, if that, if keeping your body maintenance is like Tom Brady esque, you don't just get on that. These, uh, and maybe he thought that they, maybe he didn't view them as massage therapists. 
Oh, Maybe I think he, he thought, yeah, he yeah, thought of I, them as massage parlors. I hate to say it, guys, but I don't. Again, and and we can move beyond Deshaun yeah. Watson at this point because this question is about worst and best divisions in football. But I'm telling you, I, I am, I'm, I got that that little uh, little you know voice in my head that's making you know telling me that Deshaun Watson is not innocent in this. You know, yeah, I mean, you know what is that? There's a like, I just don't want nothing to do with it. Yeah. Don't want, and that's what I'm telling you, man. The Browns are overrated. I'm tired. Everybody on Twitter loves to talk about how great and stacked their roster is, but I call it bullshit, man. I think it's. Uh, I think that one is everybody thinks that their offensive line still has Joe Thomas on it. Isn't that his name? The guy that was like the perennial left tackle. Joe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, like I mean, like. Player. No, that's what I'm saying. I feel yeah. like everybody goes, oh, well, they got the best offensive line because they ran the ball two or three years ago. Like, incre- I think it's a superficial look at the roster. Right. And maybe Amari Cooper, maybe. Maybe y'all are star-studded, but I will tell you this, is I don't think they're the number two team. If I put any, If I put the teams in order, I put Bengals, Ravens, Browns, if Watson plays, Steelers last. That's the order I would play. But if Watson doesn't play, I might be putting the Steelers above him. I would. So, all right. So best, I think pretty much we're on a consensus, the best division in the league in the AFC at the very least. What's the best one in the NFC? I think the best division in the NFC. West? West. Yeah, it's got to be. Probably not the North. The West. It's not the Vikings, the Lions, the I mean, because you only get the, the Packers Bears. there. Yeah. You only get one. It's not uh NFC least, which yeah. I think might be the, worst. the Cowboys. Well, CK said that you can make an argument for them. No, AFC East. I was talking about uh, with the yeah. with the Patriots and the Bills and and potentially the Miami Dolphins if they right. uh can do something with yeah. their new head coach. But that's still yeah. a lot of Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, I think, I mean, you could argue that, could you argue that the NFC South is the second best division? No. In the NFC? So NFC East? You Yeah. The, the, who's the, ahead the, of us? It's not the, sec- the North. The North is ahead of us, 100%. No. No. The Bears <sighs> and the Detroit Lions are both worse than... We've Name. got the buck. We got the Bucks and the Saints carrying the division. The Saints have a the Bucks and Saints are better coach. than the Bucks and Saints are better than the Cowboys and the Eagles. Like as nope. in, nope. Oh wow. The yeah. Saint the Bucks are better than those two, but the Saints are not. The Saints have Jameis Winston as their quarterback. Like we got to keep that. You don't mind. think the Saints have, are better than Philly? They have Dennis Allen as their head coach, who has a horrible record. As a Philly's going to be nasty this year. Philly got oh, and by the way, they got uh, Bradbury. Yeah, right. Thanks, Bradbury. I, I really don't think that. I think the Saints are. You're, I mean, again, this is going to be a really different team. Like Dennis Allen is is now the the reigning person uh, over there. I I don't think that without Sean Payton, that team is not going to be. This. You saw what happened when he got suspended for a year. Their entire team fell apart. Like it was not even close to being good for them when Sean Payton got suspended for that year. Um, and so at this point in time, I even with Drew Brees at the helm, they weren't they weren't like going out there lighting people up. 
I think without Sean Payton, without Drew Brees, with no real like franchise quarterback to to lead them where they want to go, I think the Saints are going to be dead in the water, and the Panthers could very well be as well. I'm not going to sit here and say the Panthers are better, but I do not believe the Saints uh, are warranted as being the top, you know, right up there with the Bucks. Somebody asked me if the uh, NFC South was the worst division in the league. That's where no. I came up with this question. It's the most unproven division outside of the Bucks. Well, I mean, well, I mean, are you talking about just the NFC? I think the the AFC. No, no, South, entirely. I think the AFC South. My I argument think the was the AFC, AFC South, South is the, the worst. is the worst division just because there's a lot of turnaround, but, a lot of unknowns. Like, I mean, really, no one. You got two bad teams. You got two horrific teams. You got the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Houston Texans. Well, but okay, how about the Colts though? There's the idea that the Matt Ryan now good defense. I think they're good. They made the playoffs. They made the playoffs two years ago. Did they miss the playoffs this past year, or they make it? They made it with. uh, They made it with Philip Rivers. I remember that. Not this past year, but the year before, and then Philip Rivers uh, retired. And then they yeah. went with, uh, they missed, they lost to the Jaguars the final game of the season to miss the playoffs and a game that yeah. was very heavily hyped in their favor. They were like 100% going to the to the playoffs. Uh, they had one of the best, uh, the best running back in the league at the time. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, I think, I think Indy could uh, very well, I don't think Matt Ryan's done playing. I think Matt Ryan has a lot still left in the tank, and I, think I know. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I agree. I, I oh, wonder. Yeah. Good. Which is crazy. Is imagine us being uh, worse division than the AFC South. I mean, because Tennessee, look, they've been there yeah. every year for the last couple of years, so you can't really shit on them. I mean, Houston, you can't shit on the Colts, right? I okay. mean, it might as well. They have two good teams. We have two good teams. It's just who has the two worst teams. You know, the Falcons, are the Falcons uh, worse than the Texans and are the Panthers worse than the Jaguars? I would say we get the edge. I'm hoping we get the edge. I think it's a close call because I think that the, the Texans are better than people give them credit for. And how about this? Davis Mills was arguably the best rookie quarterback of all of them last year. Yes. It's just that nobody knows or gives a shit because he's on the Texans. And he kind of came on late too, but... They had faith in him. That's why they didn't take a quarterback this year either. So, yeah, it's an interesting discussion, man. There's a lot of turnaround too. Again, Trevor Lawrence in his second year. Um, that that's that's you know that's going to yeah, be interesting. We'll get to see how the greatest QB prospect in the history of the world ever turns out. Can't wait to see it. Um, Best one from the state of South Carolina. How about that? All right, oh, what's our shit. next little discussion? Um, I wanted to do this one. Who are your top five quarterbacks in the NFL going into this season? And do you have an order? Yes. I've got mine. I know mine. All right, you want to go first? Or what you want to do? I got to think it out a little quick. I'm going to write them down. Chat, put your top five in the chat room. I want to see them. I'm going to throw them up. Top, top five, five quarterbacks in the NFL. Top five that we think are going to be the best five this year or the top five that we that we think are the best currently before yeah, they like. Yeah, just going into this year, who are the five best quarterbacks in the NFL? All right, right. I'm going to go Rodgers, Mahomes, Brady, Allen, Herbert. 
Did I miss somebody? No, I think that, we're all gonna have a variation of that list. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. I mean, like, is did I miss? I mean, I feel like uh, I have a oh, I have a slight problem putting Mahomes ahead of Brady, but I feel like Brady's arm talent isn't as there as much as it, you know. I mean, like he's never been known yeah. for a cannon. I just feel like look, Rogers is like got all the tools, and I know. People don't love it, but I still think he's the best. Right. I think uh, Brady's lack of a little less mobility and age. So I'm going to put Mahomes as a young gun. I have problems putting too many people ahead of Brady. So that's why I'm going to put Allen there. And I think everybody is, look, I think Herbert is fantastic. I think he's got a lot of upside, but I don't want to overly, uh, or too early coordinate him just yet because i feel like you could put stafford on there instead of him mm. maybe i mean i wouldn't really um wilson i think russell wilson should be in that conversation i don't i i okay. wilson hasn't hasn't shown anything in three or four years at this point in time um he's he's not horrible but he's not he hasn't been elite i'm gonna say number one um has it's hard to go against rogers i gotta say rogers Brady's got to be number two until they can. He shows me that decline. I'm not going to put him down. I've been asking for him to decline for far too long for me to bet against him at this point in time. Um, three is going to be a, a tie between Josh Allen and, and Patrick Mahomes. And four is going to be a tie. I guess five technically is going to be a tie for uh, it, these are going to be interchangeable. I think it's either Burrow or Herbert. And I think that they're both equally the same caliber quarterback okay yeah and again i feel like we're all gonna have a, a variation of this list um look i'm mine's a little bit different i got josh allen as my number one quarterback in the nfl mm -hmm. i think that there isn't one thing that he can't do i think he can run the football throw the football i think he can do absolutely everything if you would build the team around him you would build it i mean you would choose him instantly right number two I've got a guy who I have as almost a clone to him. I got Justin Herbert. I think he's that good. I think Justin Herbert has every single trait that you want. And the only reason why he isn't as much of a run threat as Josh Allen is, is because the Chargers just don't use him that way. So I got one Josh Allen, two Justin Herbert. Number three, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. He won a championship. He has the arm, has the offense, has everything. Number four, I'm going Tom Brady. Tom Brady just refuses to go away. Deep ball accuracy is still on point. Still one of the smartest quarterbacks in the game. And the number five, I have Aaron Rodgers. I'm not as high on Aaron Rodgers this time as you guys are because I feel like his past two performances in the playoffs have really kind of uh, – you know, kind of skewed the way I think about him recently. I mean, obviously he has. How's Justin goal. Herbert been in the playoffs? I mean, he hasn't been there yet, but I'll take oh, Herbert okay. over Rodgers. Okay. It's not. I'm not purely basing this on on pure resume. I'm, I'm basing it on who I think could win in just about any and every situation, and I, I think those guys have proven to do that beyond everyone else, man. So. I uh, and then, have, yeah, yeah, yeah I was gonna say, yeah, I thought you were, were done. I didn't know if you had had a five or not. Who, who's your five? 
Yeah, so my 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 top five is Josh Allen, number one, Justin Herbert, number two, Patrick Mahomes, number three, Tom Brady, number four, Aaron Rodgers, number five. How can you not have Burrow on the top five, dude? Oh, yeah, man. See, was there a name we missed? Like, here's the thing is Burrow has like, I know it's not just resume, but Burrow has Super Bowl his first year he basically played. And and he Justin Herbert hasn't even been to the playoffs yet. And it's not like he didn't have a good team. Like he has a good team. What so, was that tweet that somebody put up? Like the difference between I have it. I'll, I'll you have it. It. this is this That's is a, a good big one. online debate. Like it's a big uh because you know they went in the same uh in the same draft class a few picks apart and their their numbers are really kind of comparable. Um I'll pull it up here with a but, way worse offensive line for Burrow though. Yeah, but dude that uh, dude Justin Herbert has physical abilities that Burrow just doesn't. And I mean again, they're both incredible football players. Like no one's taking away from either of them. These guys are the future faces of the NFL right now. I'm just taking Herbert, man. His mobility, the arm talent, his incredible intelligence. Um, I would even say that his offense, they don't even fully let him rip that much, you know? Oh, man, you just got all these caveats, caveats, caveats. Burrow no, I mean, cold. Burrow, Burrow is cold. I ain't going to ever sleep on this dude. I slept on him already once and tried to. I didn't know nothing what I was talking about. I slept on this guy is real. This, this tweet is awesome. It says this. Wow, I didn't realize there was a massive divide between pro-Herbert and pro-Burrow factions on Twitter. Can't we just appreciate both for being great so far in their young careers and acknowledge they each still have a lot to prove? Oh, no, this isn't the one I was going to say. Once I saw one tweet that said one can throw a football through a wall and one gets his team to run through a wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) That was was a dope one. Yeah, and I think you saw I, I commented on that, and I think maybe that's, that's why that's you why saw I saw it. it. I think yeah, it yeah, 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 because yeah. that was fucking dope. I admit that awesome. was that that was the shit. But also, Tony, you just have a crush on white boys with any kind of semblance with swag. Like, uh, what was your guy uh, that you kept on uh, Gardner Minshew? You like some Gardner Minshew? I can't believe you know? I left him off the top five. Jesus. Of course, you love Joe Burrow, dude. But yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying, like to me, John, okay, <laughs> like uh, okay, and I don't give a shit what other people think. Josh Allen and Justin Herbert, to me, represent. Like that same mold of player that I believed Cam Newton to be in his prime. That there literally isn't anything that you can ask them to do on the football field that they can't do. If they have to run it, if they have to throw it 80 yards down. I don't think you can say that about Burrow. To the middle. I don't think you can say that about Burrow. No, he's not talking about Burrow. Who'd you say? He's what, Allen Burrow? and Herbert. Herbert. Allen oh, and Herbert. Allen, Allen. Okay, okay. Yeah, Josh Allen and Justin Herbert. I call them, I classify them as Kryptonians because they're freaking supermen. They're they're up 6'6, 245 with bazookas for for arms, you know, and that's can I tell you this? And this is gonna be unpopular amongst Panthers fans. They've done way more as quarterbacks in the NFL in their first two seasons or first few seasons than Cam Newton did. 
So I think yeah. it's even a higher or, ceiling than what Cam Newton was going to have either. Well, also put it in context that they had better situations around them too, as far as talent. I disagree. disagree first of all, Allen has Allen is in his fourth year. Allen's in his fourth year, and Cam in his fourth year was in the damn Super Bowl. So, yeah, but also when did Cam Newton never have a Jamar Chase or a T. Higgins? You know, he also never had a Mike Williams or a Keenan Allen. Now we're talking about Allen and Herbert. Let's talk about and Allen. I would, I would think that and Allen's first two seasons stunk, but his third but season was incredible before he got. Uh, Cam, before he got twelve Stephon. and four with Wait, Cam. Okay, in his were third you comparing season. Allen to Cam or to or to Herbert? Both. I'm saying Allen and Cam, Allen and Herbert. Gonna, he said that Herbert and Allen uh, have done better in their first years of their seasons than Cam. Well, Herbert for sure. Herbert, out of every quarterback, uh, out of uh, every quarterback that's played just just two years, he has the most passing yards and touchdowns of all time for a quarterback for just two years. So you know, and no, you're right, Allen. It did take him a long time to kind of turn it on. He had some inaccuracies in his first and second year and, and look let's not forget that josh allen i know look we're all about this recency bias in the nfl and we saw josh allen go down and battle back and forth with mahomes and they changed the overtime rule because of him but let's not forget just two years ago he looked like he, he took a hit of crystal meth um, in the playoffs in that last play and like ran and jumped and fumbled and looked wild i mean like he looked terrible in his first playoff game you know so i'm not trying to dump yeah. on him i mean but i just want to we we spoke with the same praise about cam newton yes. at that and point that was, you know what i'm saying like when cool. cam yeah. In 20, after 2013, 14, 15, I'm sitting there going, Cam's going to be around for 10 years. He's going to be one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. You know? So, like, we yeah. got to see it. We got to see it. Like, that's the difference between Cam and, like, other quarterbacks that have been around for a long time. And, like, we're going to have to see it with all these guys, Allen, Herbert, Burrow, Trevor Law. Like, they just got to not only do it, and show that they have talent, but sustains success. And a lot of that is about injuries, uh, the team around them, and things like that. Am I the only one on this panel that would take Herbert over Burrow? Dude, it's such a hard... I, I said that I put them at the same level. No, like, you have to pick. Come on, pick. If you if Right now, if you were picking, if okay, you were fielding an offense... Burrow. You take Burrow? Yeah, I oh, think you know. I'm on Burrow because I think he just got that win gene. Kind of like a Tom Brady. Like, you could say this, is that Tom Brady, you could say Peyton Manning was better than Tom Brady, right? You could say that as a better quarterback, but Tom Brady has the win gene, dude. Right. He just well, went, like, I mean, it's like the, it might not be the physically the best, but this dude, I feel like Burrow has shown us under crazy circumstances already like dude this mug is gonna ball give him a freaking offensive line i don't know that you stop this guy like dude, i don't he's got I, the I intellect like I, and he's got yeah. the leadership like i mean and and he's got the skills as a quarterback 
you don't need to be super, you know, athletic out of the pocket and everything to to be a great quarterback in this league. And quite honestly, it's been, you know, the the most successful with the most Super Bowls have been people who weren't pack, you know, pocket, uh, you know, who weren't uh, mobile quarterbacks uh, in this league. But you're right. I think that the NFL is changing considerably. And another thing that that I would say that people talk about, oh, well, look what Burrow did, how he went to the playoffs. Herbert's never had that. Uh, last year, that Chargers team, Herbert was the reason why they were in literally every game that they were in. And then their defense just crumbled. Yeah, but he's had a end. lot of dumb games, too, where he's thrown three picks and done. Like, he's well, had so some Herculean Joe, so efforts. Burrow, though. He's had some They're, Herculean efforts. But in the playoffs, this guy marched down. He fought. He was blasting back and forth. Patrick, like, I mean, he did the unthinkable. He was He was awesome. He I don't was think that there's anything. awesome. How about this? Think, it's like if somebody was going to... If you had to say something like, I need you to pull this splinter out of my arm. And if you pull it out the wrong way, I'm going to die. Like, this is going to, like, my artery is going to go. Who you want to pull it out? I'm saying Joe Burrow. That mug cold. Like, ice cold. Like, he ain't got no shake. He'd be like, but also, did y'all remember that final game of the season against the Raiders? And that game where Herbert on fourth down for, like, the entire fourth quarter threw the ball directly into the end zone? My thing is this. I don't think that there's anything that Burrow can do. Didn't they that, tie that or lose that do. game, by and the no, way? That, there isn't anything that Joe Burrow can do that Justin Herbert can't do. On How about win? But again, you're talking about a – dude, this year, it, it, when the Chargers play the Bengals, I guarantee you, with the upgrades that they made to that offensive line – The, the Bengals were an inferior team. The Bengals – look, the Chargers had a – team on paper that you could call the Browns like y'all like they got a lot of players bro the they got a lot or no the Chargers oh now, the now Chargers no and last year like I mean they've had talent on both sides of the ball now they might not be the best team but the Bengals come on they they have nothing. Shit. yeah nothing and I don't no, care. Don't you can be like, oh, no, Jamar Chase no, is no, 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 no. You got one rookie. No, they're two rookie, of the best receiving one rookie in the NFL. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are like two of he the best. He was guys. a rookie, bro. You're talking about Keenan Allen versus Jamar Chase. No, you got a proven dude who's been like one of the best receivers in the league for the last six years versus a guy we ain't ever even seen play yet. Well, it Didn't even matter, play last it, year it, in college. No. no, it doesn't matter what you thought of Jamar Chase. It matters. Who Jamar Chase is, and that guy is a Kelvin Benjamin had a thousand yards his rookie year. Kelvin oh, Benjamin, but we're not going to compare years. Kelvin Benjamin to Jamar Chase, though. I, I just think, think there's that nothing you, the Bengals roster. All right, who was better. look that Joe Mixon? All right, he's all right. They had no, no offensive. Tell me good. one defensive player on their team, Trey other Henderson. than Eli yeah. Apple. Trey Henderson had like 15 sacks last year. Uh, they all, uh, dude, I, I don't follow the Bengals. Uh, how about what's his name? Uh, I know you already said you follow the out, fucking right? Chargers, though. Like, it's, 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 that's what I'm saying is like, th that's the difference I feel like is Joe Burrow gets people to come out and play, right? He's got these guys playing at a high level. You can sit there and say, Jamar, I mean, Jamar Chase is a great fucking wide receiver. 
T. Higgins was never considered the greatest great wide receiver until he started to have Joe Burrow throwing yeah. to him this year, right? So, I mean, you can't use that same argument and in the same breath say that, you know, he's he's coming out here with one of the worst offensive lines, like bottom five offensive lines in the NFL, and we always use that as an excuse as why Cam Newton failed, right? Mm-hmm. Offensive line, offensive hey, line. Bro. Now we're By saying the way. that Joe Burrow, that doesn't matter. I think it matters tremendously, and he's winning. He got to the Super Bowl with that team who was a bottom, I would say a bottom half of the league roster. It's incredible. Yeah, you realize that Justin Herbert did that the year before and did it even Nah, better. he didn't get to the fucking no, yeah, playoffs. No, uh, dude, you're not, no, you're talking about the whole football team. I'm talking about his rookie season. Uh, he was the one of the most pressured quarterbacks in all of the NFL his rookie season, and he still had one of the highest completion percentages on those plays where he was pressured. Like, there's nothing. Uh, listen, I Let's understand just say this, dude. You're we not wrong. I'm Joe saying Burrow. there's nothing that Burrow can do that Herbert cannot win. Win. No, that's not true. Sometimes the W gene. No, sometimes the W gene is in the shit, like in your DNA. And let's just say this: I watched those Bengals playoff games, and they didn't win them because of their defense. I mean, they did. They had a tremendous amount of. Like, but they didn't they win them. They won them because of Burrow. They won. They Burrow had three won those games. He but came when, back against the Titans. Right, two of them, two games they came back. No one's denying that he's a baller. I'm just saying this way, is like I just don't want to hear this idea that it was too, like, oh, way. he had a good team though. Don't give me this shit about he had a good team and Herbert didn't. But you realize I would the, say at the very best that those teams were comparable. Okay, but do you also realize they barely made like they barely won that division? Like there were times even last year where Burrow had like three or four interceptions in a game. You know, it's like everyone has their stinkers too, man. Herbert had more interceptions though. Yeah, but he also had more passing touchdowns. All right, give me Burrow. You take Herbert and let's go to town. Hey, nah, you, I mean, look, it's like, how about this? Is I'm going to definitely go party with this mug, too. Right. We're going to have also, so fun. I'm going to bring my you, son out. It. I'm going to bring my son, my chocolate espresso out. Burrow, out. We're going to have so much fun. We're going to bring our friends, like Gardner Minshew. We're going to have the coolest. We're going to be at the coolest crib. We're like coolest entourage. We're going to be. It's going to be so cold up in there. And then, dang, it's going to be so cold. Cody Lashley got to put a little blanket over his legs. The other part is you got to keep in mind, and this is the why why I'm putting uh, Joe Burrow ahead of Justin Herbert, is um, what would you say is the most clutch moment for you to be a clutch quarterback? Third down, he has a ridiculous 75% completion rate on third down to Justin Herbert, 62%. That tells me more than anything that when when the pressure is on, Joe Burrow is who you want on your team. You do not want I me. Mean, I'm not saying Herbert can't do it and he's done it before, but all in all from a consistent, like all of last year throughout the playoffs, when it mattered the most, Justin Burrow or uh, Justin Burrow, Justin Joe Burrow <laughs> was superior to Justin Herbert in those situations. You can, you can talk about the physical traits all you want. Uh, it's hard to argue the fact that the results matter more than just the physical traits at this point in time. All right, I'm saying betting long term. I think right. Herbert is, is let's uh 
Ella, 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 my Jackson. illegitimate son. My illegitimate son has something to say about this. Hey, yo, it's a white chocolate espresso. I'm Team Cody on this. Herbert all the way. Let's go. Tony, CK, y'all need to realize that the Bengals defense are nine turnovers in the playoffs. That Bengals defense forced the Titans three interceptions. Right. Two against my home. Chargers wasn't doing that. I, got, I think they got a fumble in the Super Bowl, and, and they forced um, the Raiders with some turnovers, too. That Bengals defense was fucking nasty. That's what a lot of people don't give credit to. They, they picked off uh, Stafford twice in the Super Bowl. Yep. Like that Bengals defense was legit. You know, and the Chargers, the only reason they didn't get in is because they're a stupid fucking coach. But I'm Team Cody on this one. I hate to admit it, you know, because, you know, fuck Clemson. But, you know, Cody, he, he makes some points. Hey, man, I, you know, I, listen, how about this? I, these dudes are the future of the NFL, man. And I, I just can't wait until we're talking about. Matt Corral and comparing him to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett or whoever it is, you know, I'm that's what I'm waiting for. Uh, yeah, but that's it, man. That's my that, that was our, our top fives. All right. Um, that's all I got for tonight. Yeah. All right. All uh, we got to roll out of here. The number is 252-228-5098. You can be part of the show. We're on here on Friday nights with the Friday free for all. We're here every Tuesday night. We got one last segment to do where we ice up. T- t- we tell someone to ice up, toughen up, get it together. It's our homage to Steve Smith. This is where anyone is fair game and uh, you can ice up who you will, who you want, who you will and who you may. My ice up pick goes the dual pick. The number one and the real pick goes to the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, set a record for the most points in team history this year. And when we say points as in wins and ties and like, a, like so the most successful team uh, in team history throughout the regular season. Um, really just fantastic um, against the power play all season. Kind of dy- a pretty dynamic, a dynamic offense and a tremendous team defense that just was characterized by a relentless forecheck. Um, and where we play, I, I still say that this team was the best five, has the best five on five offense in the league. Sadly, they have the worst power play in the history of the world over the last five months or three months or whatever it is. They were nine for 60 on the power play, I think, in the playoffs, which is crazy. They were one or two for 12 against the Rangers. And while they had a bag, they ran up against a, a team that was known for comeback wins. And Igor Igor Shosturkin is just a freaking amazing goalie. His team just didn't get it done. Um, to up 2-0, and the blame fall, falls on everyone from the Stars, uh, uh, from Aho to Svechnikov to just keep going down the list to people that I've been upset with. Nash is my favorite player who just had a real regression this season. Um, so tough. It was tough. It was tough for. Hurricane fans, and um, it just stinks. It just stinks when you get so much good going, and then you just shit the bed. Shit the bed. So my ice up pick goes to the Rangers. My second ice up pick goes to this old lady at CVS. 
And I know that it's weird. And I don't really, I try not to be irritated over small stuff in life, but um, I had to pick my kid up from school. We starting to get some cough medicine, just some kids, Mucinex, you know what I'm saying? Just some whatever. Self-checkout. Doom. Oh, it's an age-restricted item. Okay. Boom. Help is on the way. Boom. Help is on the way. Boom. Sat there for three or four minutes. Wasn't even irritated with the weight. Don't even care about that. Like, I know y'all. I mean, what the, like, she comes up and she goes, can I see your ID? <laughs> I said, are you serious? I said, I'm here with my daughter. Is ten. My daughter could almost buy this. I mean, she's 10. I mean, I'm 40 years old. And... I really wasn't trying. I wasn't. I didn't get rude or irritated, but I really said, are you serious? I mean, like, if I was going to sip on some scissor, it wouldn't be the kid's mucinex, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, God, what are y'all? I mean, maybe if I was buying Sudafed and trying to make meth, I get it. But kids mucinex? I didn't know. It's like uh, when they used to, used to have to, at one point, I remember, like, when I was a kid, like, when I was a teenager, we used to buy cigarettes and stuff. You know, like, we were young. They were like... Sometimes you go into one place and they would card you for a lighter. You'd be like, what? I wasn't trying to buy beer. I'm trying to buy a lighter. Anyway, um, she said, we're on camera. I was like, well, are we on candid camera? I was like, don't worry. Nobody's watching this camera, baby. It is like, look, I look like damn Cruella DeVille, as the chat room says. Don't worry. I'm old enough to buy a child's mucinex. Ice up. That's what I got. Yeah, uh, you know, I could ice up the Saints fan that's routinely in our chat room literally every single time we go live. Uh, apparently, they haven't uh, found any good Saints podcast that they like as much as ours, dude. So, you know, what, what can I say? At least, uh, hey, at least like the video if you're going to talk shit in our chat room and uh, call us names and shit. But um, listen, I, I had a... I told this to CK before the show that I had a bunch of different ice ups that I could technically do, but it's a short show. So I'll just keep it short and sweet and funny. I'm icing up the kids of this generation um, because it's like now the, the promise of going viral just prompts kids to do dumb shit. But I also kind of love it because I could also see a younger version of myself doing some shit like this. On the camera, everyone's like, hey. He's like, It's like, come on, man. This dude. It's a boy. But as soon as he sees his moment to be a fucking dick on the fucking screen in front of the world. Oh, yeah, dude. Dude, what a king. I love that kid. <laughs> He's cool. Um, I don't even know who I'm icing up. I just wanted to fucking play that clip, dude. Um, yeah, I guess I ice up uh, today's kids for trying to go viral, but even that's funny. So ice me up. What the hell? <laughs> so um, mine, I, I want to, I guess, tell you a situational, right? So if you have a young kid, who hasn't really learned the grace of losing, right? They're playing a video game, whatever it is, they're losing badly, right? They just, what the, yeah, right? 
Uh, for those listening at home uh, on the audio version, uh, Tony Dunn just uh, did the universal sign for sucking uh, phallic uh, shapes. Anyway, um, um, but the uh, basically the way that those kids would react, they're just losing really badly. Like they're all together just losing a horrible, horrible game, uh, video game, whatever it is. Their initial thought is to like make it not feel like it's as bad like i'm not even trying it wasn't even i didn't even want to win i let you win whatever it is right well coming back to the amber heard johnny depp trial the closing arguments made by amber heard's attorneys were the most childlike responses to losing in a massive way they said we didn't even want to win the money we were just trying to prove a point because Johnny sued us. Um, you were losing so badly. You're trying to save face and demean the fact that you're going to lose as badly as you are um, in this to make it look as though it was like, oh, we were just trying to send a message to the world. That's we why we doubled you. Yeah, we didn't want to win a hundred million dollars. There was no even no thought in that. <laughs> As an attorney who makes a percentage of this money, we didn't want to win a single a dime of that. Okay. Like, I just want to say to you, the most immature response to something like that, ice up Amber Heard and Amber Heard's legal, legal team, team who have just been the laughing stock of the world over the past few weeks, ice up. Is Amber Heard going to be one of those people that you see on Twitter in one of those like crazy, stupid stories that you tweet on? I mean, that you click on that are promoted. That's like 10 stars that work at grocery stores now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then it's Ten like you're like, that and had you to resort click, to OnlyFans to pay their legal fees. Yeah, and you like got to click 900 times to see the person that's on the face of it i yep. always get so mad at myself because i get suckered into these not every time but i go i'm never doing this again never doing this again and then i'll do it and it's like next and i just want to see the person that was on the picture on the front and they're always either the last one or not even in the damn thing amber heard will she be what will she be Talk about this is so, so I heard I heard she only got paid not only but got a million well, she got a million dollars for Aquaman one. Dude, I'm so proud of myself. I don't know shit about this whole Amber Heard Johnny Depp anything, man. You're missing out. Everybody's really. been I mean, the only thing I've seen is like bits and pieces here and there of like clips that go viral, like her shitting in the bed just to spite him, cutting off his finger. Her lying about the amount of money that actually apparently uh, Elon said Musk she would is, donate. Is yeah, Elon like, Musk dick for fifty million dollars or whatever it is. Dude, uh, there's so know. much shit, but it's like people. I'm just saying like, this: is she seems like she was a thing. star in the making, and now she's gonna, she's gonna. If Johnny is 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 alienated from Hollywood, she is gonna be. Oh, but now there's like. So by the way, the the, the 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 change.org petition to get her removed from the new uh, uh, Aquaman is, I believe, the highest or the most signed change petition 
that the, the website has the ever had, dude. <laughs> I really mean that. Like, 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 all these good, all these good causes are over there. Like, yeah, but no, no, get this bitch out the movie, bro. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's hilarious to me. But um, yeah, she seems right. kind of crazy. But. Hot, hot, hot. Oh, good talk. All right. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Every Tuesday night, we're here chopping up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. My name's Tony Dunn. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Cody, where can they get after you? Yeah, find me at Cody Lack on Twitter, C O D Y L A C. Um, and that'll be uh and, and yeah, every Friday at seven, man. Friday free for all. Come hang out. It's a show for the fans, by the fans. Come be a part of it hang out man uh my son white uh chocolate espresso said ck uh her defense team shit the bed yep yep they did they they 100 percent did honestly i get it they're they're learning from their client um <laughs> where can they get after you uh you can uh, catch me everywhere facebook uh codizzle allen on pretty much all social media platforms and uh you know yeah, just keep eye out, man. We'll uh, we'll continue to be uh, going down and uh, enjoying these uh, Panthers off season as we continue to go through these shows and maybe start to try to get uh, ramp up on the content as the season starts to approach and everything. So keep an eye out on the page. I feel like an awesome podcast would be Robbie Anderson talking about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard. Dude, that would be hysterical. like interpreting it and doing all that. I want to hear Robbie James get with Camp me. And- I want to hear James Campion do interviews and try not to cuss. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> That's the C3 Panthers podcast. Take us out of here, Cody. Panther fans, until next time, keep pounding. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.